Welcome to a new episode of Saturday Soundbites, the vibrant and powerhouse podcast where we discuss all things visibility strategy, public relations, marketing, advertising, branding, and earned media engagement. My name is Veronica V. Sofer, and I'm your host. You know, your personal brand is the basis of your visibility strategy, and I'm committed to bringing you innovative, passionate, and successful experts who are going to teach you how to develop and enhance your visibility strategy. So whether you're an established business owner, online entrepreneur, or working professional, Saturday Soundbites is going to be your go-to podcast to hear from experts and learn executable tasks that you can start today. Be sure to check out my website, veronicavsofer.com, to learn more about what you need to have a strong and impactful visibility strategy, and to see some of the powerful courses I have created for those of you who are really ready to do it DIY style. So let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to Saturday Sound Bites. I'm your host, Veronica Sofer, and I am thrilled to be here with you again this week to talk about all things visibility strategy. You know how much I love public relations and I love talking about advertising, marketing, branding, and all those important things that come together to build a really strong visibility strategy for you, for your business, for any of your clients, and any projects that you're working on. I've got a phenomenal guest today. He's very experienced and is going to bring you some great tips and strategies about video and how you can incorporate that into your marketing strategy. And I'm just really excited about the conversation. But before we get started, I want to make sure that you have hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so that you can listen to Saturday Sound Bites at any time. And if you're watching on Facebook or on YouTube, drop us some comments so my guests and I can come back and connect with you. So let's go ahead and get started and bring on our guest. I have the amazing Chris Cuban joining us. He's going to talk about one of his passions, which is video and how it helps with your marketing. Welcome, Chris, to Saturday Sound Bites. Good morning, and thank you for having me. I'm so excited. And first, let me just tell you that I love your background. It sets the stage for today's topic. Well, usually I have my my uh, logo in the background when I'm doing events like this. But uh, I, I think today this is just perfect because um, we are a PR firm first. And then we fell into doing video production and event management. And it telling stories is what I like to do. It's what I've done my entire life. And uh uh, it's just kind of flourished with the video production strategy, especially during COVID. Yeah. Um, it's been basically our best line of business um, when you had to pivot, pivot, and pivot some more. Yeah. So, so true. Well, hey, Chris, tell us about how you got started, because I want our audience to really get a sense of what got you to where you are, because I know it came with a lot of learning and growing, and that's important. You know, it's kind of funny. I uh, All of us find our passion someplace, and I think a lot of us find it early on. So back in high school, I mean, I was the editor of my high school newspaper, and uh, my dad was a professional photographer, and I took up the hobby of doing photography. And it just so happened that uh, I got chosen to do a trip to Russia right after the fall of communism. And when I got back, I, I mean, I don't want to go into politics, but I met a presidential candidate, and he looked me straight in the eyes, and basically I said, uh, my name is Chris. Uh, I'll be 18 in October. And I'm going to vote for you in November. And um, he said, I'd be honored to have your vote. And basically that day I took a whole bunch of photos and the campaign ended up hiring me as a photographer. So I had secret service clearance to everything that happened throughout Missouri. The access, the people that I was able to meet was just incredible. And it kind of grew from there. Um, went to college, studied communications, got my master's degree in media relations and PR. And 
it's really what I, I truly love to do. But like most people um, that are entrepreneurs, if you have a great idea, you follow your lead when it comes. And so in 1998, I actually started a tech company called Blazing Trail Technologies that could have very well have rivaled Amazon at the very start. Uh, wow. We negotiated drop shipment programs with 300 manufacturers, and we just had a different business model that if I would have turned it just a little bit, we could have competed or became Amazon at the time because uh, that's what we were doing uh, per piece drop shipment. But again, all of it was using my PR background in launching it in Los Angeles or um, doing the PR nationally. Um, when I started my PR firm here in St. Louis called Chemistry PR and Multimedia, it was 2009. And when you think back to 2009, you think back to 2007, I guess, that area when social media was really just starting. Sure. A lot of people didn't know how that was going to change communications in the way that we look at things or the way that we operate as businesses or as entities or as places or things. How are you going to market your organization? Um, and the name of my company that I chose when I started the company in 2009 was Chemistry, PR, and Multimedia. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because I truly believe it takes a mixture of multiple messages in multiple medias to create your solution, which is a return on investment. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do as a PR firm. Um, that's the way we look at everything. So whether we're going for the RPI effect, or as I call it, the, the research, the planning and analysis, the implementation, execution, and communications, as well as the evaluation. We take that into everything that we do. But as a PR firm, we also found seven years ago that a lot of the events we were producing across the entire United States, I was very lucky to get some national clients right out the, the, the gate. Mm -hmm. But what we found was that if we were an hour away from a media market, and the media wouldn't show up for an event, how are we to get exposure? Right. And we right. realized that if we shot our own B-roll, we shot our own interviews, and we sent that to the media outlets, they would use it almost 100% of the time. And that was all outside of St. Louis because of the St. Louis union rules and regulations. But now that has since changed because everyone has a camera. And the reality is that when a reporter comes to do a story on you or uh, a person, place, thing, whatever the organization is that you're representing, is they usually only have 20 minutes or 30 minutes to get the full effect of that story. And so what we realized early on is that if we were able to grab effective video and do those interviews and, and do those, uh, as I call them, the glamour shots of today, the slider rail shots or the drone shots or the really cool stuff and hand that on a thumb drive to the media that shows up, we could then challenge those young reporters in some of those markets to say, look, you have all the assets you need to make this into a national segment, to package this as a national segment. And a lot of times we were able to do that. Um, some of the clients that we were able to bring on early on is uh, when I first started the company, um, St. Louis City Firefighters were one of my clients. And it just so happened that a little bit into that in 2010, uh, the FDNY came to St. Louis with Gary Sinise and wanted to uh, do a benefit concert mm -hmm. for the second veteran to ever lose both arms and both legs at war. And I got sent to that meeting as a representative of the St. Louis City Firefighters. After that meeting, they all said, Chris, you're in charge of the concert. So that first concert that we produced, we actually 
raised about a quarter million dollars to help build Corporal Todd Nicely, a smart home. And wow. that led, as a fluke, that led to uh, another concert. And 26 concerts later, and then doing all the groundbreakings, the um, the dedication ceremonies, uh, setting up press events for the Gary Sinise Foundation and the Tunnel to Towers Foundation and a number of other clients, uh, we really learned through trial and error what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really great. And and I think the idea of being able to incorporate technology into traditional media pitching. So for those of our listeners who uh, went to journalism school, our PR practitioners, or even our entrepreneurs who are learning a lot about PR, oftentimes what we know, what we now know about the newsroom is they don't have the staff and they don't have the resources. So like Chris said, if you can give them those assets prepared and ready to go, you're more likely to get that media hit. Chris, how do you convince people to invest in those type of assets, knowing that ultimately you want to get them some great media coverage? So here's the reality is everyone has a cell phone in their hand with a Mm -hmm. camera and anybody can do this. However, when you're building a brand, you really have to think of what's your identity? What are you going to advertise? Do people trust your design and your your images? Do people understand that you have a strategy? Um, When we do, uh, we are a little bit different than most videographer video companies is because when we go in and work with a client, we initially, and that's, this is whatever client it is. If it's a video client, if it's a PR client, if it's an event management client, We go in and have a message mapping strategy session for them. Mm -hmm. We have to understand what is their main goal, but how does that goal translate into an emotional connection with the what's in it for me, the person they're talking to, uh, their stakeholders, who wants to buy their product or donate to their organization. And that message mapping strategy session really helps when people are being interviewed by the media. How do you get back to home base? What is your home base? What are your positive proof points? We've had clients use this specifically, every one of the, the positive proof points and get back to home, play, home base in their video production strategy, which creates an amazing end product. And you have to make sure that you're on point when you're talking uh, and doing video. Um, the, the newest and greatest best thing is TikTok, obviously. And right. you have to know your audience, understand what audience are you targeting where, where is the audience going to actually receive your message? Who's going to receive that message? And what's the best message and strategy to do that? Um, if you're talking to millennials, obviously it can be on TikTok. You're going to be 9 to 15 seconds or something like that and cram as much as you can into that time frame. But again, you have to build your brand and your identity. Um, and TikTok is a whole different strategy than Facebook or YouTube or Instagram or anything else. But you have to go to where your audience is and understand right. that you're producing a video or you're producing a message for them to take action. And you have to create that ask or have them facilitate an editing strategy that actually gets that point across is what's going to be important to the stakeholder that's going to watch the video. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And why do you think video is so important now? Um and I mean now as in post-COVID, because we knew that video was important before. Before COVID happened, we knew that people were investing in better iPhones and some people were investing in camera equipment and working with firms like you. But there was even a shift 
from the pandemic that has really required businesses to, you know, it's a cliche, we use the term now all the time, but pivot. How, how did that really manifest? And, and what are your thoughts on that? All right. So you're going to put me on the spot here. I, I think our society at large has become extremely lazy. Mm -hmm. People don't want to read. People don't want to research. They want to be told something and they use video as a way to understand um, a message. So I, I, it boils down to what's the quickest, easiest, fastest, most convenient way for your audience to receive a message mm -hmm. and understand that message. We use a lot of B-roll when we are discussed or when we're um, doing video for a specific message because we don't want somebody uh, talking to a camera all day long. You put people to sleep doing that. Right. But what right. we want to do is we want to tell the story. And that's what we really are, are storytellers, uh, telling that story over somebody speaking. So visualizing and giving that stimulation, uh, not only from an audio perspective, from but from a video perspective as well. Yeah. That's exactly. That's right on the mark. And and I and I think too, um, as our um, different groups, generational groups of, of people with buying power, we have to create content for both people who do like to read, but more importantly, realize that as they're entering into the um, in, into the economy, they're going to want to consume their information in a different way. So I love all the things you talked about, especially with the younger generation of purchasers. Well, and you have to think, what is your budget? essentially, because yeah. if your budget is you don't have a budget. I mean, you're going to go for the iPhone and you're going to try and get your message out as best you can. But if you're a legitimate entity with an identity that has to be told or you have to tell a story professionally, whether you're a politician or whether um, you're a park or a, a nonprofit, a chamber of commerce, I mean, you have to get your message out and the quality of the people that you want to target can also increase the quality of kind of the equipment. I mean, we started getting into this and I have a crew in Los Angeles and New York that have the same exact equipment that I have here, but we're talking about $20,000 cameras and equipment. And today I have another six or $7,000 worth of lighting equipment coming because we're shooting commercials next week for another client. Mm -hmm. And we have clients all over the country. So we have to realize kind of what, what do we need to take with us or what is usable? How can we do and I hate to say this, the least amount of work to get the most amount of effect or outcome for yeah. them. That's right. And honestly, that's key, especially to small business owners um, who maybe don't have the type of budget to hire an agency. But that is absolutely key. So I'm so glad um, that you mentioned that. Chris, what are some of the mistakes that you see <laughs> um, young businesses getting trapped into? Oh, man, there's a lot of mistakes. Number one is not doing anything. Mm -hmm. And that is the worst mistake that you can possibly do is in order to reach your audience, you have to use a number of different avenues, just like our company chemistry. You have to have formulate your brand by hitting them in multiple messages with in multiple media. So if that's sending out emails, if that's making phone calls, if that's sending them a video, if that's um, asking them questions or engaging with them or knocking on their door, you have to find ways to reach your market and bring them in to say, um, buy from us or take a look at us or donate to us or whatever the organization is, is you have to, at this point, with all the media that's out there all over, I mean, that's bombarding you left and right, you have to find a way that's going to hit your target market. And you have to make sure that that, that whatever you choose is going to provide the ROI for you. Because yeah. you can go down a rabbit hole and spend months doing stuff on TikTok 
or on Facebook. But if your audience is on Twitter or on another medium or you need to hit radio, um, you really have to look at what are the demographics of your target audience and on what platform are they on? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really great advice. Um, and so true. And before we, um, you know, I want to make sure we touch on events because that was not a topic we talked a whole lot about other than virtual events in the last couple of years. But now that events are back and you and your firm are clearly experts in that, how do events really drive your brand? Because um, I think that people are a little excited about getting back to events, but also a little hesitant. So I think there's a little bit of both. Well, here's the, the deal is inevitably the events of the past have all been boring, extremely boring. And, but in order to connect with people, in order to create an experience, you have to uh, go above and beyond. Um, when we create events for, let's say, media purposes, you have to create all those B-roll different segments. So let me take example when we're doing a home dedication or when we're doing a home dedication for the Gary Sinise Foundation is – I mean, we have the, the media riser. We have a malt box where they get their audio from. Yeah. You make sure that they have opportunities to, inter to interview people. You have the backdrop of the huge American flag that you pull away and unveil a house. You have the speakers. You have the individuals that's getting a house. It's, there, there's all of these factors that come into play. And then you have to understand that media is on to their next story in 20 to 30 minutes. Right. So you also have to understand that when they go into the Q&A session with the interviewee is that they might not be asking the right questions. So as a publicist, what I would do is jump in and ask the questions that I know that the answers that the interviewee is going to give is going to be the ones that are going to be on TV. So events are a great way for bringing media to the, the table, but you have to understand that whether in this scenario I just gave you, you have kids waving American flags on the side of the road as they arrive, or you have a tent with a huge banner with all the donors and sponsors on it, or you have all these other cutaways that while they're telling the story, they can use all of this as a cutaway. So when you're producing an event, make sure that there's a logo on the podium, make sure that there's a backdrop, make sure that there are speakers that can speak effectively, or that you have an MC that keeps things on time. Right. Uh, one of the, the biggest challenges that media has is there's so much need out there to tell stories that they are on to that next story in 20 minutes. So how can you serve up everything on a silver platter and create an experience not only for the media, because you might have 30 people at your event, you might have 300 people at your event or 3,000, but your goal is to hit 3 million or to package the story of that event so it goes regional if it's a slow news day and other news stations around the region or even national. Mm -hmm. We've had many stories that where these events that we've produced have hit national TV or have gone to 60 minutes or on other storylines because of how we positioned all of these other storylines within one story at an event. But ultimately, you have to make sure that every participant or everyone that attends is excited after they leave that event that they're going to share it with their friends. Because again, if you have 30 or 300 people there and they share it to their 3,000 fans, I mean, you're going to be in the millions. And your goal right. is to not only affect the people that are in your audience, but to affect those people on social media, to join, to like, to make that donation or to get involved in some way. Yeah. 
That's really great advice. And now more than ever, as, as different people in different parts of the country are coming out of the, the pandemic events, people are hungry to be at events and the media are too. If they can make it, they will. Well, and here's the reality is that I, I'm, I've been on the board of uh, PRSA here in St. Louis and on the, the, the district board and involved in several national organizations. Here's the reality is you got to make a date. You got to make it happen. And those that can't show up or don't want to won't. But those that will, will always show up to those events. So at this point, with the pandemic being for the most part over, I mean, you have to get back in the swing of things and start making things happen. We have lost every company, every organization has lost a lot of revenue in the last two years. Right. It's a matter of getting back out there, riding the horse again, and uh, just making things happen. And I, I say this as um, to all the students that I speak to on a, a national basis is that let's take the last 22 years as an example. Okay, in communications, we're always the first organization or the first individuals to be cut or canceled or eliminated from the budget when something goes in a downturn in the economy. But we've had 9-11. Yep. We've had the 2000-2008 housing crisis, and we've had COVID. So let's analyze that a little bit. Every seven years, something is going to hit the market that's going to create a downturn in the market. What makes us professionals is that we have to get back up and find that next client, that next job, that next opportunity. And that's what makes us professionals um, as communicators. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's really great advice. That is really great advice. Chris, we're wrapping up on our time here, but I want to make sure that folks um, know how to reach out to you to learn more about chemistry, PR, and multimedia. How, where are you? Are you mostly on LinkedIn? What, where's your digital presence? Oh, that's a loaded question. I mean, you have to be everywhere, right? So that's right. here, I just say we got chemistry. So go to chemistrymultimedia.com. Um, you can reach us there. I mean, we're on uh, TikTok. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on uh, just everything out there. But I suggest you do go to chemistrymultimedia.com because that's the easiest way to kind of see our scope of work and what we do and how we work with clients. Um you can also reach me at chris at chemistrymultimedia.com. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I so enjoyed the conversation. It was really great advice. Well, thank you. And I'm here in our studio in St. Louis, but we can pick up and go anywhere in the country. So I think we've done events and videos in almost 236 different cities across the country. So uh, we'd love to pick up and go to your audience if you uh, if you ever need us. That's fantastic. All right, folks, make sure you reach out to Chris. Thank you so much for joining us. Chris Cuban with Chemistry. Oh my gosh, you have got to connect with him. His team is fantastic. Their work is unbelievable. He's also a member of PRSA, the Public Relations Society of America, which I'm a member of as well. And so you can always get great resources there. That wraps up this episode of Saturday Soundbites, where we talk about all things visibility strategy. If you are listening on our podcast, make sure you hit subscribe. We don't want you miss any episodes. If you are watching on Facebook or on YouTube, drop some comments so that Chris and I can come back and reconnect with you. With that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode and I'm sending you lots of positive energy and light. 